0: This program is brought to you by The Assembly of Geeks Geek content for a geeky world Visit us
1: at assemblyofgeeks.com
0: Sometimes your podcast episodes just don't have a theme Sometimes you have to talk about whatever Star Wars things are stuck in your head this is one of those episodes. Please enjoy our Star Wars smorgasbord. Welcome to Sky Talkers This Galactic Life. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Charlotte. Hey, guys. I'm Caitlin.
0: And Summer is here. So, what have you been up to, Caitlin?
1: Um, well, I uh, finished my first semester of my master's program, so that was really exciting and really like a long two weeks of finals and projects <laughs> and papers, so I feel like I've been sleeping for days. Um, <laughs> but I right now, I'm moving out of my apartment. I'm getting ready for an internship up in New York for the summer, which is exciting. And I'm also playing a lot of Puzzle Droids and Rebel Rising. Or not playing Rebel You're Rising. You're playing Rebel Rising. I'm playing Rebel <laughs> Rising, yeah. Um, I'm not even playing it like on an audiobook, so that really makes no sense at all. I'm playing Puzzle Droids. I'm reading Rebel Rising. Ooh, say that five times fast. Reading Rebel no. Rising. <laughs>
0: reading Rebel <No>. Rising.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that, that's basically what I've been up to. Sleeping, moving, and Star Wars. Yeah, puzzle
0: droids. I'm so obsessed with puzzle, puzzle droids. I can't even tell you. Like it's unbelievable how obsessed I am with puzzle droids. <laughs> like I what know. is time in between when my battery
1: charges? When your battery refills <laughs> up, I know. Yes. I feel like I was a week behind the puzzle droid craze. Like I just started it last week. Um so I feel behind on everything, but I'm really loving it. I really love... I know you don't usually put your sound on, but the music... No, the music has, is great. It's so good. The um the arrangement of Ray's theme and the scavenger is so good. I know. It's so
0: good. I love it. <laughs> it's
1: really good. I love all of the... I love when you've been playing it for too long and... Um, the music just stops playing when you're in rounds, and it's like <laughs> just the animals. Yeah.
0: Well, I I also finished Rebel Rising. I finished it kind of a lot faster than you, but it's fine. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be talking about Rebel Rising on the next episode. So if you're listening and you want to like follow along with our discussion, for this is your incentive to go out and buy Rebel Rising. Do yeah, it. So that in the next episode, we can talk about it.
1: Yeah, you have two weeks to read it, and I'm almost done with it. So it's a fast read um, because you're you're just sitting and reading it because it's action packed and you got to keep turning the page. It's a page turner. <laughs> it is a page turner. It's a page turner. So what are we going to be talking about today, Charlotte? We've got a little bit of a not a weird episode, but a different <laughs> episode. It's kind of a
0: smorgasbord, that's
1: for sure. Yeah, smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs>
0: An array of topics. It's a Star
1: Wars <laughs> smorgasbord. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so in part one, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi poster, because we haven't gotten to that yet.
1: Uh, in part two, we've got a really interesting discussion, because recently, Charlotte and I have both watched Revenge of the Sith, and so we are going to be talking about when did Anakin officially turn to the dark side and become Darth Vader?
0: And then in part three, we're going to have a discussion about our favorite new canon
1: book. And by discussion, we mean a little bit of a debate because we don't have the same favorite book, so get ready for that. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, so welcome to part one, where like we said, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi poster. So we've both got it pulled up on our computers, and it's given me emotions all over again. (laughs) Yeah, it's my background on my phone. I'm all about it. It it was my background on my phone for a while, and then I changed it to um, a Luke and Leia picture. Okay, well, that's nice. So, (laughs) (laughs) But it'll probably become this poster again in a little while, because this poster is amazing, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So
0: like, what are your first emotions when you first saw it?
1: Honestly, every time I see the poster, I keep remembering when we when they revealed the poster at Celebration, and you just saw the bottom half with Ray, and we we're all like, "Oh, so cool!" And then they expanded it, and everyone goes, oh, "Like yeah. freaks out," because um, to see the whole image completed is it's so good. <laughs> I just think my favorite thing about it is that.
0: It mirrors that one 1977 Star Wars poster with Luke in the center with the lightsaber, and now it's Ray, and it's just great, and the heroine's journey, and girl power, and it's <laughs> so good. To our last episode,
1: <laughs> if yes. you want to hear more about the heroine's journey. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean everyone has been talking about the parallel between Ray and Luke um, on the poster, and you've got the lightsaber. What's there's so many interesting things to pick up on in this poster. I mean, not only do you have Rey at the bottom and she's kind of looking up, but she's got the blue lightsaber, so we kind of inherently go light side, right? But then mm-hmm. it segues into red, and then it also has like the three sides, just like Kylo's lightsaber, which is a dark user. Oh, interesting. Dark side I user. I didn't even like pick pick up on that.
0: I just thought that was like an artistic flair. I'm pretty sure it's just an artistic flair, but it's kind of cool.
1: I don't know. Ky- I mean,
0: part it's, of me is like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. so it's, it's
1: just the light coming off of it. But then you think about Kylo's lightsaber in the Force Awakens trailer. Remember, that was all anyone could talk about. So I yeah. feel like it's it's got to be a little purposeful, right? Like, you don't have that shape connected to a lightsaber, Um, Except in the
0: original poster that I was referencing before. Okay,
1: yes, but now you have (laughs) Kylo added into the mix, and his lightsaber is very... um, Iconic's not the right word, but everyone recognizes it. It's very recognizable. So, like, what you're
0: saying is that it relates to Kylo's lightsaber? It's, like, one and the same? Like, that's what it's turning into?
1: No, but more like there's going to be influence of Kylo on Rey, maybe. Like, the dark side onto the light side. Because Rey, not Rey, Daisy Ridley, (laughs) has said that in this film it's kind of like Rey almost taking back her agency. Not that she really lost it, but just this idea that she's kind of deciding what her place is going to be with the Resistance and with the First Order and within the galaxy as a whole into this world that she's been thrust into um it wasn't something she asked for and she never really got a chance to breathe and really think about what was happening in the force awakens and that's going to be her she's going to get to do that in the last jedi or supposedly she's going to get to do that and i know that we both talked about how we think kylo and raya are going to share a lot of screen time and kind of come to understand each other more so maybe maybe you kind of see some of that imagery in the lightsaber i don't know is that a stretch
0: (laughs) i think it's a little bit of a stretch but that's okay we're analyzing a poster
1: we're allowed we're allowed all the stretching we want i think
0: that so obviously ray is the center of the poster but luke's face is the biggest and then followed by kylo's i think that that kind of is indicative of whose story is going to take i don't know like precedence like i think Ray obviously is going to spend a lot of time with Luke and he, she's gonna, he's going to teach her. So like they put him in the center and like finally we see Luke on a poster by the way. So,
1: oh yeah, don't think that hasn't <laughs> that's not the most exciting thing for me. Is yeah. <laughs> Luke front and center.
0: I just really think this is such a gorgeous poster and I think that if this is the direction of the Star Wars art that we're going to see, I think that the art that we saw for Rogue One was really great, too, and, like, super creative. And if this is the direction that it's going, then I just think it's going to look so good going forward.
1: Yeah, I agree. I really love all the new artwork that we've been getting in. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't recognize Kylo the first time we saw the poster for a second I know, I I know. I, I don't know what's wrong with me, um, but I kind of thought my immediate reaction was, "Oh, it's Rey," and then, but I mean, granted, this is when we were at the Star Wars Star Wars show stage with a million other people, yeah, <laughs> in the back of the crowd, um, yeah. But then once we got a better look at it, I was like, "Oh my God, it's Kylo! It's Kylo!" <laughs> <laughs> but I think it just goes to show that. These three people are going to be the central conflict and central story that we're going to be seeing in the Last Jedi.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it we really, I really do think that Finn and Poe and Rose are going to be like a strong story too. But I, th- I think that the movie is about the relationship between Rey, Luke, and Kylo, and that will like force it forward.
1: Yeah, force it forward.
0: Force it forward. <laughs> force it
1: forward. Yeah. yeah. No, I. I mean, I definitely think. Um, Poe and Finn and Rose are going to have a really important storyline involving the resistance. But I definitely think it is going to be the B storyline. And not in a bad way, but just that the bulk of our time is going to be spent with Luke, Kylo and Rey and some combination. And Mm -hmm. then, I mean, because I said this before, I think that, you know, the first part is going to be training and like all the pieces kind of. Getting their getting together with the resistance and with Kylo and with Luke and Rey, and then they're all going to start moving together and they're all going to converge at some mm-hmm. point in the film, and something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean the it is.
0: I'm looking at it more because I'm like, literally just staring at it. But <laughs> the the thing that's crazy about the poster is that it's so red and it's so dark. I mean, everyone like flipped out over the red color of the font when they showed mm-hmm. that the Last Jedi, um, title, but it is kind of crazy that it is, like, all red. It's so dark. It's not the way that we felt about the Force Awakens poster, which was, like, very, like, original Star Wars. Like, this is, like, a very dark side poster, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely dark side. I mean, red, it's the color of death. I mean, (laughs) Mustafar... When Kylo killed Han Solo, you just had that fabulous red light just fall across his face. I mean, there's definitely something very ominous about it. And then even the stars in the background are red. I know. Red.
0: It's yeah, so it's... cool. <laughs> I know. So, are you going to have this on the back of your closet door or your bedroom door or whatever? Oh, I don't know. How does this rank in your like favorite posters?
1: <laughs> Ooh, I'll be honest. I don't. Look at the posters all the time for all the films. Um, Sad. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Honesty session here. Um, I really do love this poster, though. I love that it's so different than what we've seen before. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, like Ray is the same. Like that. That image with the lightsaber is the same. But the, just the the dominance of the red color is something that I don't think we've seen before. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think it's really cool. I think it definitely sets the tone for the film. Yeah, that's what I really love about it. Totally. And right now it's the newest, and I'm really excited for Luke. So I'm gonna say it's the best, just yeah. for that I, reason, really. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love the white border around it, and I'm excited to get it printed and put into a frame.
1: It'll be interesting to see what the next poster looks like. Yeah, the because Jedi. there's there's gonna be a group shot, and I'm excited oh, yeah, to gotta see. Gotta be a group shot. I
0: think Rey will still be, like, front and center of that poster, but I'm excited to see another shot of Luke potentially not looking so angry,
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> Can we just see Luke smile? That's the real just a question. a little bit. Luke going to smile <laughs> in The Last Jedi. He better. <laughs> it, it does smile. kind of remind me, I mean, the only, really the only similarity here is the two faces, that Attack of the Clones poster with Anakin and Padme.
0: And how yeah. they're facing
1: the opposite directions from each other, but just how their faces are kind of front and center. Um, oh, true.
0: That one with the the Jedi code on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And they're kind of surrounded by darkness too. Um, that's really that's really kind of the only poster that I can think of that has really any sort of similarities to this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm probably forgetting something, but this one, this one makes the movie look really cool and really dark. Um, I'm excited to see how, I hope that like that red imagery, we see that in the film a lot too.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we will, but I still really like that they've used the red throughout as a motif of advertising. Um, It really brings like an ominous tone to what to expect for The Last Jedi. It's definitely going to be a darker movie, a more serious movie, as usually the Star Wars sequels are.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what gets darker than killing Han Solo, you know? (laughs) Yes. What else is there?
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I think that should wrap up our discussion of the poster, and let's move on. Let's do it. So in this section, we're going to be talking about when we think—this is kind of a question that's been plaguing us for a while—when do we think Anakin officially turns to the dark side and becomes Darth Vader? Um, I recently watched Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens and Attack of the Clones and A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. Um, yeah. You watched Star Wars. <laughs> like, really recently. So, but I was thinking about this the entire time because Caitlin and I have talked about it before and I thought it would be a good thing to bring up on the podcast because I don't know if a lot of people have talked about this before, but, um... After our discussion, if you want to let us know on Twitter, when do you think it happened, that would be great. But, Caitlin, when do you think Anakin officially turned into Darth Vader?
1: I I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely have my favorite moments of him after he's become Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith. But I think it's really hard to pinpoint a specific time I mean I think we saw on the internet like last year or a couple years ago or something like that um about Padme and Anakin's heartbeats mm-hmm. remember like how it's um it's yeah when, at the end yeah it's when Padme's heartbeat stops and Darth Vader's heartbeat begins and that that's kind of a lot of people look to that as the moment of when he officially becomes Darth Vader but when I was rewatching it because I was taking the Sky Talker's advice of watching for light and shadow in (laughs) Revenge of the Sith. And it's really interesting when you watch um, the light and shadow on Anakin's face after he's become Darth Vader. They do um, a lot of shots of his face like very directly being half in darkness and half still in light. Before mm-hmm. he goes to Mustafar, um, and there are a couple of scenes like right after he is christened Lord Vader by Palpatine, and he stands up and he walks from the light into the darkness, and his he's completely blacked out, like he's just a shadow standing there talking to Palpatine, like you see no facial features, nothing like that. Um, he's just this very tall, looming black figure. Um, And I I always thought that was really cool. Um, Not always. I was just rewatching watching this. Um, (laughs) But then, and the same thing happens when he first goes to Mustafar and kills the Separatists there. He's, like, pretty much directly in shadow Um, there's not a whole lot of light really the only time we really see a lot of light on him during that part of the movie is when he's with Padme before they get to Mustafar because things obviously go really downhill when he's on Mm -hmm. Mustafar (laughs) but my favorite scene of Anakin as Darth Vader is when he's walking into the Jedi Temple with the clone army Um, I love that scene visually Um, I think it I think it's gorgeous really Um, I love how you have the darkness of that's like surrounding the clones and Anakin, but there's still this doorway of light coming from inside the Jedi Temple. And in that scene, I really think that Anakin is kind of resolving to be Darth Vader. Like, he walks with a purpose in that scene. Like, he's resolved to the task that he has to do. And it's kind of him slowly slipping in to the dark side more and more. Like, the dark side taking hold of him more and more. Um, But, I don't know, I... I don't know if I can pick an exact moment. I know you do, though. Okay, so before I tell you my exact moment
0: and I discuss, what do you think of, then, if you think that Anakin is no longer Anakin and is Darth Vader? I mean, besides the whole, like, the theological idea that—not idea, it's (laughs) fact—that— Um, They're still good in him, but the whole, like, when he goes from Anakin to Darth Vader, what do you think of the fact that he's crying on Mustafar after he kills all the Trade Federation, then?
1: (laughs) so, (laughs) And I think I meant to say this when I was talking before, but the presence of, like, this light and shadow, I think is an indication that there's still light in him. Like we still see these pockets of light, like when he was walking into the Jedi Temple, um, when he's with Padme, he still has light on his face. Um, and I think that moment on Mustafar, the red color isn't the red color isn't black. There's still like there's still color, and in a sense, there's still light in there. And so I think I think it's just him. I think it's him slipping into the dark side more and more, and he realizes what's happening, but he's gone too far. You know what I mean? Like, there's no escape now. But
0: wouldn't you think that the cognition of, like, him being aware of the fact that he's, like, done all this, like, terrible things in the name of the Sith, and then crying about it, don't you think that that is an awareness of what he's doing is wrong? To me, that's, like, when, once he doesn't realize that it's wrong, that's when he becomes Darth Vader. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, so at that, in that moment, he's still Anakin. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he's, like, fully 100% Anakin well, <laughs> because no, he did all these, no. like, terrible
0: things, but at this, I don't think he's 100% Darth Vader, and, I mean, that in itself is kind of a, a tough thing. I personally think, and I've grappled with this for a while, that Anakin has gone way too far into Darth Vader when he chokes Padme on Mustafar and doesn't go and help her when she lies there, essentially, for all he knows— gone and I think that it is like he turns his back he only cares about Obi-Wan he's just shouting at Obi-Wan and he realizes his mistake of not checking on Padme at the very end of the film when he asks Palpatine where is Padme you know (laughs) etc etc
1: etc and then
0: (laughs) you know has a temper tantrum but his realization later that he didn't do anything to help Padme in that moment is him realizing wow I screwed up, that was my moment, I should have helped her, and there's no going back from that.
1: So you're saying, so the moment when he chokes Padme, he is Darth Vader, but then he has that moment of regret later. Later, but he doesn't have that moment of regret right then, and it's bad. So did he, like when he had that moment of regret, are you saying that he came out of being Darth Vader for a second? No,
0: I just think he realizes like, oh crap, this is it. I'm in this suit, and this is as good as it's going to get, and I can't go back from this. And even I saw today or yesterday, they released, we're recording this on Thursday, May 11th, but they released a panel or two from the new Darth Vader comic series that continues right after of the Sith, and um, Palpatine says something along the lines of, Padme is dead. But now she's given you something that you can, like you, something along the lines of like uh, a gift, like now you have pain. And I think that that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth because when, when the heartbeats stop and, and Padme's heartbeat stops and Vader's begins, that is a really good moment that he's like to- totally like he's totally Darth Vader, not Anakin Skywalker anymore. But I don't know. I think it's when he chokes Padme and doesn't help her. That's basically it. (laughs) I kind of think,
1: I mean, you can almost make an argument that Anakin doesn't ever fully become Darth Vader because there is still the good in him. I know. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. You know, especially now that we've had all of these um, like comics and um, in like different books and stuff where Vader is remembering Padme and regrets um what's happened and kind of has this sorrow that he carries around with him. Exactly. But then
0: I don't know, it begs the question, is is he using the sorrow for to fuel his dark side almost like Kylo Ren, like punching his wound in The Force Awakens to feel the dark side even more? You know no. what I mean? Or killing his father in order to feel the dark side? Is he just wallowing in that sadness and that emo regret like he is in Rogue One? (laughs) I don't... (laughs) You know, in his, like... Castle of emo like despair, on Mustafar that we see him in in Rogue One like castle is he just wallowing of
1: despair? Yes,
0: That's is he just true. like wallowing in those in that regret, like living Please in make that? Make that your
1: new Twitter bio. <laughs> in a castle of emo despair. <laughs> yes. Um, now I see, I see what you're saying though. Um, I think it's almost like he uses that regret. Um, he uses the dark side then as punishment for what he did. Yeah, and this is this is his lot in life. He's made to suffer, um, <laughs> <So>. because <laughs> thanks, C three PO, because of the things that he's done. Kind of more that we're talking about it now in this moment, because we've definitely talked about this before. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of am latching on more to the idea that he he never really becomes fully Darth Vader, because he does still have that good in him. Like, he, th- I agree, because
0: he never really comes becomes fully Darth Vader, but at the same time, he does slip further and further into the darkness to where he cannot really, like, conceivably socially come out of the darkness. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so- he's, so, he's so deep into it, like, by the end of Revenge of the Sith, like, he is, to- his body is totally transformed, he's, like, half droid, basically, you know? It's like, he can't ever, ever come out of that.
1: More machine than man now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's almost like having different personalities. Like, who has um, the upper hand in his mindset? Is it Anakin or is it Vader? In that moment on Mustafar that you're talking about with Padme, it was Vader. But then, mm-hmm. after he's already in the suit and he asks where Padme is, that's not Vader talking. That's Anakin expressing concern and grief for his wife. And realizing um, he can't feel Padme in, in the Force. Yeah, exactly. And so then it's like Vader, having Vader be the prominent, I don't know what the right word is, but prominent personality, I guess, um, makes it easier to cope <laughs> with what happened because he can just kind of tap into the darkness and the darkness kind of takes over. Kind of clouds his feelings, clouds that goodness in him. The dark side clouds everything. Everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> because I, I mean, if you compare like Darth Vader to um, Darth Sidious, there, I mean, there's no good in Sidious. There's absolutely no any any source of light in him. He is completely dark side. Whereas super evil. He's <laughs> he lives in a major castle of evil and. Evil. His office, his office just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So
0: evil. It's so evil. <laughs>
1: it's so, evil. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so listeners, we want to hear when you think Anakin fully turned to the dark side, or if you agree with us that he's never fully on the like never totally hundred percent dark side.
1: That feels really weird to say. I'm gonna be honest. I know that he's never fully one hundred percent dark side.
0: I know. It's kind of a weird thing that we just talked about, and we've never talked about this. We've, ne- we've never
1: discussed this at all, about how Anakin or Darth Vader is not 100% dark side. But Maybe it's like- funny, because if you really think about it, Kylo is not 100% dark side either. So it's like,
0: is Anakin also a villain in progress? Like, they always talk about Kylo, and Kylo is just kind of be Anakin, but he'll never be able to be Anakin, because Anakin was never really 100% dark.
1: I think it's almost like a barometer. Like, Darth <laughs> Vader was like 90% dark side, and Kylo Ren is like, right now he's like 53% dark side, and he's working out. <laughs> but Vader fell into routine, whereas Kylo was not. Like, Kylo had all these kind of other extenuating factors um, pressing down on him. Um, and it's interesting, I guess, if you then compare like, Snoke versus Palpatine's influence on their apprentices and how that works. Because if you have someone like Palpatine constantly reminding Vader about what he's lost, yeah and, which or, he is. yeah, and or forcing Vader to do all of these terrible deeds for him to the point where Anakin feels like even if he did choose the light side again, no one would ever forgive him. Right. Not that anyone that he cared about was still around to forgive him. You know, there's wow. no point in going back to the light side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone he knew was dead. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no wonder he has a castle of emo <laughs> despair. <Yes.
0: laughs> he just sits there <laughs> on his lava castle <laughs> mound, <laughs> thinking about all his past shame. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In all his past murders. Yes. <laughs> Feeling Oh man. Sad. <laughs> I wonder if that's something that Kylo will come up for Kylo too. Maybe that there's no way that anyone would ever accept him back.
0: Yeah, I oh, that's sad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cuz then
1: you wonder you wonder what Luke and Leia, what that role, what their role is going to be in that and and what Ray's role is going to be in that too.
0: And now with Leia not being in episode 9, like you wonder oh it, it's it's the struggle, I think. I don't know. I, I wonder, like, what I do think Kylo is going to be redeemed. If you guys didn't know that, we to... that's <laughs> the thing we think on this podcast. If you didn't know. <laughs> what is his redemption going to look like? Because does he feel like he's so far gone because he killed his father, and you know he is part of this like very murderous, corrupt
1: organization. This very his uncle corrupt organization, <laughs> aka yes. the First Order. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and he, you know, destroyed the new Jedi Order that was run by his uncle. Like, do you think that he feels like he can't possibly go back because no one will ever accept him, even if he did? Like, you wonder. I, I bet don't know. he
1: does. I bet he's thought that before. And maybe that's part of why he killed Han in the first place. He, it, You know, it, or it, that was part of his thought process. Like, maybe if I do this horrible, unthinkable thing... Then people will stop trying to save me. Yeah. Um, that they'll they'll never be able to forgive me for that. Man. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> what we're we're in what are we in? May? May, we just gotta wait till December. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm ready. Give me, give I me December. To, I need to see emotional Kylo. Being yeah. emotional.
0: <laughs> but I think we should move on and talk about new canon books in the next section. Here we go.
1: Okay, so welcome back to part three, and in this section, we're going to be talking about our favorite new canon book ever since the 2012 Disney purchase of Star Wars. (laughs) So, Charlotte, what is your favorite book that has come out of this new era of canon?
0: Okay, so... You and I both have not read all, and it's hard to keep up with all of them, and it's amazing because we just have so much co- Star Wars content, but it's hard for me to balance my personal interest in reading and also my personal interest in Star Wars, which, <laughs> you know, so, but I the ones that I have read, and I have read quite a fair bit, um, my favorite is probably Bloodline, just because we got an amazing story of Leia and, you know, this political intrigue novel that I think we were all waiting for, like to see Leia in action as like a political leader and what, what her thoughts were in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and her grappling with um, her birth father and whether or not people would find out about that and what that meant for her as like a person you know, we kind of missed out on that in Return of the Jedi, and it was really, really refreshing to see that finally written in a form that, like, we could soak it up and dissect it, and I, I loved Bloodline. I love Claudia Gray. Like, I'm Claudia Gray's biggest fan. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I I mean, like Charlotte said, we haven't read every book that has come out um, for Star Wars Uh it's a lot of books. <laughs> we actually talk about this a lot. We're like, is there ever going to be a time where there's not a million new Star Wars books to read? No. No. <laughs> no. The answer is no. Um, but um, of the ones I have read, Lost Stars is probably my favorite. Lost Stars was just such a surprise. I don't think anyone was expecting Lost Stars to be as good as it is or... Um, or to be as exciting as it is, um, to have the connection between... Also, this is going to be spoilers for the books we're talking about, so if you haven't read these books, spoiler Light warning. spoilers, though, right? Light. We're going to go light spoilers. Okay, and then I need to change what I was just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> okay, we'll go heavy spoilers. Heavy spoilers! Heavy <laughs> spoilers, heavy spoilers. <laughs> um, I don't even know if this is a heavy or light spoiler. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers ahead. Um, Yes. But I loved the connection. I remember being so excited about the connection from the end of Lost Stars with the Star Destroyer and Jakku. I thought Mm -hmm. that was the coolest thing ever. And I remember when we saw it in the trailer and on the book cover, I was like, oh my god, that's from Lost Stars. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But... I loved how Lost Stars went through all three films of the original trilogy. I had never really considered the imperial point of view. I mean, I had a little bit because we got little tastes of that in the Clone Wars when they would do. Um, they did like a cadet episode or something like that, where they had like spies doing cadet training or something for the Imperials, right? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think Boba Fett was in that episode. Young Boba Fett and Daniel Logan. Yeah.
0: Anyway. It's, I, I understand what you mean, but, like, we're not super big into the EU either, and, like, the legends yeah. can the legends, so we have never really gotten any of that, like, I don't know, in the books that we've read, so I understand what you're saying. Continue.
1: Oh, yeah, just, like, the Imperial point of view and being able to see characters' perspective of what was going on within a cause that they believed in, mm-hmm. as in the the Empire, was really interesting, Um, and I, yeah, I, I really loved I really loved Lost Stars. But I really loved Bloodline, too. Like, Bloodline and Lost Stars, so good. So Claudia good. Gray. Claudia Cla- Gray. <laughs> Basically, Claudia Gray wins. Claudia yeah. Gray is, like, <laughs> the John Williams of book writing <laughs> and, like, music writing. Like, she's just owning at it continually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she, I, I love Lost Stars, too. I really love Lost Stars. And I remember when I read it, I was like, Caitlin, you have to go out and buy this right now. You have to go and read it. You were like, okay, <laughs> and it was it was so good, and like I think a big part of why everyone really loves Lost Stars is a couple of reasons, but I think because it is so sprawling, it's like over mm-hmm. a ton of time, and they cover things that we're very familiar with and events that we love, and know from a different perspective, like you mentioned, but also is that it had like a an ending. Did it? Yeah. It, it. Kind of. Give me the Lost Star
1: sequel. Give me the (laughs) Lost Star sequel, Claudia. Um, Can I draw a weird um, parallel that's going to age us? Go. (laughs) It's kind of like in the Twilight series when they had the first couple chapters of Midnight Sun, which was Edward's perspective of the events of the first Twilight book.
0: (laughs) I remember that honestly. TBT to Midnight Sun. Like, please release Midnight Sun. I'd I'd read it. Wait, didn't she?
1: Did she? Okay, we're not talking about Midnight Sun. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But I think she put. I think she put whatever she had written on her website and like wrote this really long, angsty email about her letter about how someone had spoiled it, um, (laughs) and like she she just couldn't bring herself to write it anymore after that.
0: <laughs> but the thing is about Lost Stars is I think it really surprised people with how amazing it was and I think that there's a stigma with young adult novels where people think that because it's young adult it can't really get into the nitty gritty and the detail and Lost Stars did that mm-hmm. and that's why it was so impressive to people who read it. You know what I mean? And it was like, "Oh my gosh, like I have to recommend this book. It's an easy read. It's a fun read." And it, like, brings up and touches on things that we're
1: all familiar with. It just completely so me, opens your perspective.
0: Yeah. To me, it was, like, a really big crowd pleaser. And I really, like, I'm not being a downer on Lost Stars. I just think that that's why it gets as so much buzz and not as much buzz as, like, Bloodline. Or, you know, we haven't read Dark Disciple, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> I've heard Dark Disciple is great. Oh, my God. Dark Disciple. <laughs> Dark Disciple.
1: I'm, for people who haven't read Dark Disciple yet, we're low-key obsessed with Dark Disciple. Disciple. I know, it's so funny. It's so funny.
0: you know, I put up a tweet today on our podcast Twitter to see what people's favorite new canon novels were, and Lost Stars and Bloodline came up, like, the most, but Mm -hmm. Dark Disciple was, like, a close third. Yeah. And, you know, A New Dawn, I haven't read that. No, Um, me neither. And honestly, this is so bad, but I haven't read, like, Aftermath or Empire's End. It's bad.
1: I know. I know. But it's Listen, okay.
0: <laughs> we've
1: got a lot. Well, you know, I was thinking about this, too, because um, we were... The other day, you and I were talking about, like, generations of Star Wars fans and how they got into Star Wars. And when you think about fans who grew up in, like, the Timothy Zahn, Heir to the Empire era... um, <laughs> The air era. (laughs) The air, the empire, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Books were, like, the main Star Wars content. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where you got your Star Wars content. And so all of these, like, new books coming out is, like, for some people, that's their Star Wars, whereas for people like us, like, we just kind of naturally are drawn more to the movies. I mean, obviously, we love the books, but, like, for some people, they need to read every single book that comes out, whereas for Mm -hmm. us, that's not necessarily our priority all the time.
0: I responded to a tweet today that said that there was criticism about how um, there wasn't any groundbreaking plot structure, and it felt like that um, Star Wars books were kind of tiptoeing around the movies because they didn't want to impede on any potential storytelling. And like, I see that, and I see that as a valid concern and complaint. But you have to remember that, like in the old EU. George Lucas had said repeatedly that there would be no more movies, so, like, the playing field was so wide open, and now we get really, really awesome character-focused, character-driven stories that are, like, incredible additions to the Star Wars universe, and I'm so happy with them.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that point about, you know, how you have to be careful what you say in these books, because... You don't want to spoil something down the road, or like break open a
0: time period that like was potentially reserved for a movie that we don't even know about,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's almost like with Forces of Destiny, how the episodes that are going to feature Ray are Mm -hmm. very limited, and like it's going to basically be when her and BB Eight travel to the main city to see. Yeah, the one we saw at Celebration. Yeah, It's like like, that's that's like a two-minute because you can't. If you step outside of that time frame, you're giving away possible spoilers for what's coming down the line. Kaylin,
0: I know you had some stats <laughs> Yes. And you should read. Them. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I thought this would be interesting um, to look at as far as, in, in conjunction with the Twitter you know, poll, more or less, that we did. So if any of you have ever been on Goodreads um, and you pick books based off of Goodreads ratings, which I may or may not do sometimes. I do. Um, So I looked at all of the ratings for kind of the most popular books in the Star Wars world right now. And so I'm going to start with Ahsoka. So the Ahsoka book, which I'm only halfway through, which I'm so embarrassed to say because Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters, but I'm only halfway through. Um, But the Ahsoka, so it's out of five stars on Goodreads. And so the Ahsoka book has a 4.03 rating and has about 4,600 ratings, so pretty good. Um, now, Charlotte, which do you think is going to be higher rated, Lost Stars or Bloodline?
0: Uh, Lost Stars because it's like the fan favorite.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, you'd be right. So <laughs> Bloodline has a 4.06 rating on Goodreads with about 8,400 Ratings, and then Lost Stars has a four point two five rating. So look out, um, and Lost Stars also has almost ten thousand ratings on Goodreads. See, I uh, really which is think crazy. That's,
0: I really think that's because they, like, it's just so surprising that like people want to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, oh, like I'm gonna go review that, like Bloodline. I loved it, but like, I'm not going to review it. I might review Lost Stars because I honestly want that book to get attention because, again, the stigma that goes with young adult books that it potentially might not even be seen as mm-hmm. like a valid book. But like, really, it is so good. So I would go on Goodreads and review it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's Lost Stars is kind of like an anthology book when you when you think about it compared to the films like bloodline could be a star wars movie all of that could Mm -hmm. take place in a star wars movie because it's you know leia whereas lost stars would be like a rogue one kind of thing like we're seeing events that we're familiar with but with different characters yeah so and and it is yeah it is interesting that lot not interesting but it's exciting how much of an impact lost stars made Mm-hmm. Because it just it just came out of left field, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so just like Dark Disciple came out of left field. <laughs> I'm so excited to read Dark Disciple. So it's really I I really do think it's interesting
0: how while Ahsoka is like a huge fan adored character and people love her and love talking about her and discussing her and you know thinking about her fate that. It's interesting that I don't honestly see a lot of fan discussion about the Ahsoka novel. And I don't really know why that is. Um, I'm halfway through it. I, I really do like it. And it's taken a turn that made me like it even more. I still think that Bloodline and Lost Stars are my favorite. Um, but the... I also really did like Rebel Rising. But we'll take that for the next episode and <laughs> discuss it then. But I do think it's weird that like Ahsoka doesn't get
1: that much love. It is weird. I feel like there wasn't I don't even think I knew when the Ahsoka book came out. I think I was at Barnes and Noble one day and I was like, Oh my god, this is out? Okay, like, that's I... not true at all. You pre ordered it. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> I know.
0: So you put it in your calendar before me. Like I didn't even know when it was coming out and I was like, Oh my god, it's coming out on this day. You no, know, it like came I didn't it. it
1: came out like yeah. October sixth or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With... <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking oh about? Oh my god! Oh my god! This is embarrassing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess what I mean to say is I don't remember seeing a lot of publicity about it. Yeah. You and, know, like I had it pre-ordered, but I forgot it was coming. Mm-hmm. And like, and I did have it in my calendar, <laughs> but it was it was like I wasn't it was I wasn't seeing things about it on social media because I do remember being surprised that it was out.
0: Yeah. I just, like, I'm, I'm interested to finish it to see why people have kept it so hush-hush or if, like, that just, like, it was just kind of swept under the rug for, like, no reason at
1: all. You know what I mean? Maybe because everyone is, like, Ahsoka book, we want an Ahsoka movie. Like yeah sorry, that's movie. why <laughs> yeah.
0: everyone wants like ever, you know more ahsoka more ahsoka more ahsoka
1: everyone's like it's not good enough <laughs> <laughs> it can never be good enough until i see that moment when anakin gives ahsoka the 501st <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know like maybe that's in
0: the ahsoka book i'm not at that point so like <laughs> no because
1: that all takes place after
0: yeah but keelan keelan I, that's it. I'm further than you in the
1: book. Okay, okay. So, like, flashbacks. Okay, I get yeah. it. I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah. But
1: she, already, but she already had a flashback of that at the beginning of the book, if I remember.
0: She has, like, a million flashbacks.
1: Okay, she does have a lot of flashbacks, but she talks about that moment at the beginning of the book. Something yeah. about that moment. I don't really remember what, but... Maybe we'll see it in Forces of Destiny. I hope so. I don't want to see it in Forces of Destiny. I want to see it in its own movie. Well, maybe it'll be, like, on
0: the little... Disney Channel, Forces of Destiny, little compilation thing, so it'll be like 10 minutes. Aww. Or Hayden okay. Christensen, I'll be back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it would be, oh my god, can you imagine? That would be so good if we could get that kind of continuity. Wow. Oh my god, I can't even.
1: All I'm saying is, at the Rebels panel at Celebration, Dave Filoni's shirt, the Ahsoka, right, the Ahsoka lives, exclamation point shirt, and he also said that this was not the end of the animation department at lucasfilm and i think it would be crazy to assume that the only thing the animation department is working on are these three minute shorts for forces of destiny (laughs) right
0: yeah i think it's another ahsoka show
1: i want one right wouldn't that be so (laughs) great an ahsoka show
0: yeah we need it
1: we all want it (laughs) (laughs) dave filoni hear our cries (laughs) yes Well, this has turned from Lost Stars and Bloodline. We're like, wait, the Ahsoka book's not our favorite. Oh my god, we need more Ahsoka. And have completely (laughs) stopped talking about Lost Stars and Bloodline. Basically, from this conversation, in two weeks we
0: will be discussing
1: Rebel Rising.
0: (laughs) So go out, buy Rebel Rising, give it some love, read it, and get ready to talk about it with us in the next episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where we might also bring up the fact that we would like an Ahsoka movie again, you know, I feel like we bring this up every single episode. So, Which is like, let's just make it, it will a... come up next episode. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's just make it a thing. Yeah, yeah. When will we slip in? I need an Ahsoka movie in this episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, Kylo Ren will be redeemed. Like, <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin and I have been talking about how we need to make a bingo. So, I
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that
0: we've... will be included on our bingo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've st- we've started actually like. A t- like a draft of a bingo sheet for the things that we just keep repeating over and over again because even though we haven't been doing this very long we say the same things a lot like Kylo so redeemed I love Dave Filoni where's my Ahsoka movie Padme deserves more love Padme deserves more <laughs> <laughs> let Rose wear the jacket 2k17 <laughs> like, it's just yep. all coming up all the time <laughs> yes um All right. Well, I think that concludes our discussion about new favorite canon books. So if you haven't already told us what your new favorite canon book is, please let us know. Or your new favorite EU book, just your favorite book about Star Wars in general. We would love to hear them and love to add them to our ever-growing to-read list. Um, (laughs) I don't know when we'll get to it, but we'll try to get to them all. Um, And we will see you on our next episode. Make sure to follow us
0: on Twitter at Sky Talkers Pod and individually at Crarity and at Caitlin Plesher.
1: And if you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. We would really appreciate a review if you had the time. And if you'd like to support our content, you can visit our Patreon through SkyTalkers.com. And we want to give a shout out to one of our Patreons today, Chuck. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. See you next time and may the force be with you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sky Talkers This Galactic Life, part of the Assembly of Geeks podcasting network. Find the girls on skytalkers.com, and we'll see you next time.